0: Welcome back to Hort Thoughts, a podcast by the VFF Horticulture Group. My name is Tegan Buckley, and in this episode, I'm joined by Alan Zock, VFF Senior Workplace Relations Advisor. In this episode, Alan takes us through what obligations employers have in the hort industry and what resources are available to support meeting those obligations. We hope that you enjoy and take away some key points to support you in your business. G'day Alan, thank you so much for joining us here on the Hort Thoughts podcast. Can you start this episode off by telling a little bit about yourself and where you're from?
1: Uh, Well Tegan, my name's Alan Zock, I'm the Senior Workplace Relations Advisor from the Victorian Farmers Federation Workplace Relations team. Um, Just a bit of background, I've been with the Victorian Farmers Federation for three and a half years now. Uh, I've also got Multiple years' experience providing workplace relations advice on a national level to the hospitality and accommodation industries uh, for you know, over 10,000 members. Um, and I also have uh, multiple years' experience in the employment services industry, dealing with uh, different individuals and certain situations so yes it's quite a diverse background but I believe it does assist me in my day-to-day role with uh, the differing situations I have to deal with uh, what I do in my day-to-day job is I provide current and relevant information updates to members from a variety of sources that include but are limited to the Fair Work Commission The information that I provide is explained and communicated in a way that assists employers to understand their obligations. I uh, provide tailored and up-to-date advice on workplace-related matters, uh, some being the following, the National Employment Standards, Interpretation of Modern Awards, Wage-Related Information, Employment Contracts, Adverse Actions, Unfair Dismissals, Termination Procedures. I provide members with materials, tools, workplace-related templates that are continuously updated and available through our department, but also through our employment handbook. By speaking to us, you greatly reduce your financial risk to your business.
0: The purpose of this episode is to chat about what obligations employers have and how best to meet them. So, Alan, can you fill us in on it a little bit more Reoccurring or common queries that you might get in the horticulture space from a workplace relations view?
1: Yeah, that's that's fine, Tegan. So one of them is staff being employed but not having any contract of employment in place. So for farm businesses that employ labor, the importance of having employees engaged under a formal written agreement at the commencement of employment cannot be overemphasized. Many working relationships between farmers and their employees are generally of a verbal, verbal, mutually agreed nature. This may make matters complex if employment disputes arise in the future and there is no formal written agreement in place which states the employment status of the employee and the terms and conditions of his or her employment. The Fair Work Act 2009 limits individual agreements so there will be limited opportunities to have written individual agreements for award-covered employees. However, you may want to do an offer of employment where you can include other agreed terms and conditions and refer to policies at your workplace. Managers or overseers will still be able to have written common law employment agreements.
0: So Alan, can you talk us through what is an IFA and what does this compose of for
1: staff? So all awards, enterprise agreements and other registered agreements include an individual flexibility arrangement clause. You know, uh, also known as an IFA. Uh, IFAs are used to make alternative arrangements that suit the needs of the employer and the employee. They can't be used to reduce or remove an employee's entitlements. The an employer has to make sure that the employer is the employee is better off overall uh, with the IFA than without it, compared to their award or registered agreement at the time the IFA is made. To do this, they should look at the financial and non-financial benefits for the employee, as well as the employee's personal circumstances. An IFA can change how certain clauses in an award or registered agreement apply to the employee covered by it. Uh, So in awards, you can use an IFA to vary clauses about uh, arrangement for when work is performed, such as working hours, allowances, penalty rates, leave loading or overtime rates. Um, An IFA can be made at any time after the employee has started working for the employer. Uh, Both parties must genuinely genuinely agree to an IFA. An employee can't be forced to sign an IFA to get a job. Uh, An employee's right to refuse to agree to an IFA is protected by their general protections. This means they can't be discriminated against or treated adversely for refusing to agree to one. An employer or employee can ask the other party to enter into an IFA. When they have agreed on what arrangements they want to make, it has to be put in writing and signed by both the employer and employee. In the certain circumstances where the employee is under 18 years of age, it has to also be signed by their parent or guardian. The employer should keep a copy of the signed IFA and give a copy to the employee. Uh, If an IFA is not made properly, it will still apply to the employee. However, the employer may receive a fine. An IFA may be ended at any time by written agreement uh, between an employer and employee. Otherwise, the IFA can be ended by giving the other party appropriate notice. An IFA that's made under an award can be ended with 13 weeks notice. And lastly, IFAs that are made under an award prior to the 4th of December 2013 can be ended with 28 days notice. So there's a little bit of information there for you, Tegan, based on IFAs and what they're about.
0: Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Very, very handy, especially for um, horticulture members in VFF hiring um, staff. So I guess... Any other final words of wisdom or comments that you might like to add to wrap this episode up? Um, And in particular, I might ask you where VFF members can get more information about um, some of the things we've discussed today.
1: Yep. So uh, VFF members can obviously call our direct line um, and then select option one. And that'll come through to, to me in the workplace relations department and then I will be able to see the information, um, assess what requests are being made by the member, um, and then get that all organised and and move forward providing the relevant advice that's needed for their situation. Um, You know, look, in closing, I'd just like to say my advice to farmers with staff is that if you are unsure of your employment obligations, get the required help from qualified individuals to make sure you are doing the right thing by your staff.
0: Yeah, such a good takeaway. Thank you so much, Alan, for sharing your words of wisdom with us in the workplace relations space. It is certainly a very topical subject and making sure that we get everything right is very important. So thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you very much, Tegan. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please be sure to share it with others, post about it on your social media, or leave us a review and a rating. To catch all the latest from the Victorian Farmers Federation, head on over to vff.org.au for more info. Thanks again. See you next time.